across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So welcome to another From the Terraces. Uh, excuse me if I sound a bit uh, a bit tired. I've uh, jet lag uh, from a trip back uh, from the US. Only got back on the uh, day of uh, yesterday's game. Uh, plenty of football to talk about, though. Uh, oh, what do you say about Cambridge United? A point dropped, uh, sorry, two points dropped, I think, rather than a point gained. They should have really uh, beaten Burton yesterday, but we'll be talking about that one in some depth in a minute. Histon, who had not played last week, uh, played Daventry Town again. It's the second time Chris Nunn has faced Daventry Town since he joined uh, Histon. Uh, he was there about 10 minutes before the last game and they lost 5-0. And they lost 5-0 again yesterday. Circularity in uh, football. We'll be talking to uh, Chris as well. We finally got hold of Robbie Nightingale, uh, Cambridge City, after a good uh, good win at Col- uh, against Coles Hill, four uh, three. Uh, managed a draw yesterday against Walsall Wood, near uh, close to them, but uh, probably a, a strange position for them to be in because they have got games in hand. Uh, but a valuable point. They actually lost a place in the league, but gained a, play- a point over uh, Rugby, who are second in that relegation zone. And then in the women's football, uh, City are uh, playing QPR today away um, and United are in uh, FA, uh, FA National Women's League Plate Cup action. They've got Maidenhead away. Uh, both games start at 2 o'clock. I'll be talking to uh, uh, to D- uh, Dean Greygoose. I was going to say Sean, is, I don't know whether it's his brother or not, but Dean Greygoose, manager of Cambridge City and Darren Marjoram, manager at United. But we'll start, as we usually do, with uh, Cambridge United. So, so, so I got that wrong. So Sean is Dean's son, apparently, according to Salim. So, uh, yeah, we, we I, it, I had to apologise to him because we missed out on this. They remember that City were looking, City women were looking for a manager, and they advertised, and they didn't get anybody out of it. And Paul Burling carried on. Well, apparently, while 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 we were away, or while I was away, and uh, um, we never picked up on it, uh, Dean actually got the job on a full time basis um, uh, about a month ago. So he's been there for a while, and we haven't spoken to him as yet. So uh, we'll be mixing in uh, Paul and Dean in the future Um, but yeah United yesterday it's difficult because a point's a point and we stay uh, you know I think we dropped two places in the league um, but we're in amongst a group of teams uh, pretty much all on the same points if you look at it we're 16th we've got 32 Shrewsbury above us who we've got next week 33 Exeter 33 Wigan 34 Lincoln 35 and Bristol Rovers 37 and we've got two games in hand over everybody other than Bristol Rovers so if we win those two games in hand we could actually move up to 12th position so you can't really you can't really argue with where we're at but uh, Salim uh, Salim was working for the BBC yesterday and I'm not sure I'm not sure we're having that he'll be he'll be wanting paying next to this uh, so uh, it, it was a bit of a frustrating game though wasn't it 
yeah, no, of course, it was really frustrating. Um, well, it seems like it was quite a while ago now, but um, I mean, like I said yesterday, the, the game was really a game of phases, I think, and the first half, particularly, the first 20 minutes of the first half seemed like complete Cambridge United dominance, and then the next 20 after that was a bit, you know, a bit more balanced and Burton showed that they could threaten. Um, and then obviously we came into half-time still at 0-0 and, yeah, the game was at a stage where the first 20 minutes had been forgotten quite quickly. And then obviously you've got the madness of the red card <laughs> quite early. We'll, quite, t- we'll uh, talk about that yeah, one in we'll, some detail we'll, later on. <laughs> we'll keep that for later. Um, but yeah, so obviously they go down to 10 men and you think, OK, cool, we've got the upper, the, the upper hand, we've got the advantage, but against the... Uh, resolute Burton side you know I think going down to 10 was actually better for them they played better with 10 than they did with 11 um, and made it really really hard for us to you know create chances it seemed like every shot we had was blocked by someone or something um, every restart took about five minutes <laughs> five minutes to get going again I mean we we'll be talking about that one yeah, later we'll as well about, um, Max Crocombe um, you know in golf Burton who did did what he needed to do, you know, winding up the Cambridge fans, taking as long as he could. I think he probably had about four or five um, medical intervals, <laughs> um, of course, of course, uh, of course, the ga- across the game. Um, and yeah, like I said, they were just very, very, very smart in what they did and um, made it really difficult for us to get any kind of momentum and any rhythm going in the game. Yeah, and I, and I think unfortunately the referee didn't help, and we'll come on to that one yeah. later on. Plenty <laughs> yeah. to talk about in this game. It, it it was an interesting one, as I say. I think I mean traditionally we never do well against teams uh, that have gone down uh, by a, a player. Um, it seems to be something you know a lot of teams struggle with. Um, and Burton, you, you know, you, you might not like the tactics they use, but they. They defended really well. They packed the box. They yeah. got plenty of people behind the ball when they needed to, and then proved a threat when they uh, cleared the ball out as well. So, you know, if you've got a game plan when you get somebody sent off, that's that's the way to execute it. But it is frustrating, as I say, that in the end we may have come away with another clean sheet um, and a point. And a point is great, but uh, yeah. you know, we we had that opportunity yesterday. We could have been um, almost uh, almost up in what 13th spot. Uh, around about where Wigan are, um, had we had we got it, and then that would have laid up uh, six six points from the games in hand, where we could have uh, got into that top ten position, um, which would have been uh, amazing. But it, it is what it is. It's it's a point, uh, and we'll come back to uh, Shrewsbury uh, later on. But um, f- for me. There's a, there's, a, there's a fine line. Salim sent a, 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 the, uh, a message out just before we, before we came on air about. I don't know whether people have seen the uh, Port Vale incident with a fan coming on the pitch chasing the referee. And uh, let's say right up front, that's a no no. Yeah. I mean, coming on the pitch is a stupid thing to do now because that's going to get your lifetime banned from every club in the country. But to do that. To, to chase the referee down um, is, I mean, you can't. You, you, we've all felt that referees can be rubbish at times, but they are only yeah. human, and it's you know they're not doing it deliberately. It's just you know re- referees have a bad game like players do mm. to, to 
to allow first of all the, for the stewards to allow a fan onto the pitch because the they players. didn't the clip didn't appear to be uh, you know then there was no steward chasing them yeah. so players someone commented on this about the players did seem to do nothing players are now told not, not to do anything okay. they don't get involved in that so I'm surprised someone didn't just because you know you see the referee being chased down okay you might be cheesed off with the way they're playing as well but yeah. it, you can't you can't do that but I have this sneaking sympathy for, for for someone who's done it just because we've all been frustrated at referees' calls. And I think yesterday was a good example for a game that I think was was not not ruined. Uh, and I don't think it would have changed the result necessarily had other things gone the way. But I think the referee was responsible for... I think he was responsible for the sending off because he didn't really get what was going on. Yeah. And I think he was also responsible for the way in which the keeper played because he wasn't doing anything about it. Yeah, and people started to get... Um agitated and um, impatient you know you could feel the sense of yeah. impatience around the ground I mean I, I watched how many balls go out for throw-ins and it goes to someone on the bench and then it goes to yeah, the assistant yeah, manager yeah. assistant manager <laughs> gives it back to the bench bench then gives it to the manager who gives it to the assistant manager it's like are we going to have someone to yeah. take the throw-in or I know I know, you know and, so, and they and they came off for meetings every every two or three minutes. They're like yeah. they're stopping to have a meeting, and the yeah. the, the fourth official and the uh, uh, assistant referee on the stand side are both kind of pushing the manager back into the technical area and the player yeah. back onto the pitch. And N- Neil Harris got booked, and I'm surprised that the other manager didn't yeah, get booked at some stage. Well. Um, there but, weren't many uh, yellow cards for dissent amongst Burton players. No, no, was, and there was a lot of dark art. Behavior, yeah, you know. it was it, it was re- it was really weird, um, and I think it doesn't it doesn't do the referee any favours. Um, Neil Harris was quite quite open about what he thought in the uh, in the post match. We'll be listening to that in a minute, um, but uh, you know, it, it, it does it, once you lose control of the game like that, or yeah. don't stamp your authority on it, then anything goes really because players will take advantage. It's yeah. gamesmanship, and if they see they're getting away with it, I mean, for those who didn't didn't see it or I mean unfortunately not a lot of what was uh, going on with the goalkeeper was uh, was shown on the uh, highlights but he would he would make a save of varying degrees of difficulty um he hit the floor he'd look around realize there's nothing on and all of a sudden just start rolling around the floor or or you know clutching various parts of his body to claim yeah. to be injured and you know this this we noticed yesterday I kind of I don't even know when this rule came in this 30 second you've got to be off the pitch for 30 That's, seconds yeah. when the trainer comes on and before before the the uh, keeper started playing around we noticed it, it, it's a really unfair rule because I know what it's for it's to stop people calling the, calling the, uh, the 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 trainer on to, to get a rest and everything and uh, get talk tactics and do whatever they want to do and you know for for that for half a minute it's okay but I can't remember. I can't remember who it was that got injured. We we had a player injured. So it was um, and uh, Taylor when he when he had this. Is that yeah? You know he'd been he 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 was genuinely injured, and uh, you know we we suffered because you know he had to wait half a minute to come on. And there was one even worse later on where we had a free kick, where someone was off the pitch because we and, and he'd been fouled. And you think you can't you're giving the advantage to the opposition on a free kick by not having a player on the pitch. Yeah, and I, definitely. It's a very weird rule. Obviously, somebody thought it up, thinking it will solve a problem, and it doesn't, and yeah. it just creates a slight problem. But and yesterday we saw the the loopholes in that rule because I think 
the goalkeeper is obviously the only player on the pitch that doesn't need to go well, off. We we saw the I don't know whether this was a loophole or whether this was when you when uh, they substituted the player got to, he had treatment mm. and then they substituted him and the substitute came on before play started so he didn't have to take the penalty of the other person for being yeah. being carried off and I think yeah. you've got to you've got to find a way to put make that more equitable but yeah the keeper's always at an advantage because the keeper Don't never to has go to go off yeah. so basically he's got he's got free reign to do Full whatever world. he wants <laughs> if the referee's not picking up on it and I think yeah. the thing that annoyed me most about it was there was an incident at the end where he he did it several minutes into injury time uh, and yeah, Lyle Taylor was a bit stupid. He, he so he goes down, rolls around a bit, looks around for for uh, you know treatment and everything. And um, Lyle Taylor goes up and taps it. Literally, tap. It wasn't a kick. Definitely wasn't a kick. It was a tap at him to kind of you know get up, get up. And he, he rolls around like he's been like you know like he's been kicked by a horse. <laughs> it was so funny. And the referee came over and gave a yellow card. And I just assumed, as did an awful lot of people in the crowd, that the, 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 it was for simulation yeah. from the keeper. Turns out later on, when the keeper wastes time again and gets another, gets what we thought was another yellow card, and then it was going to be a red. Turns out it wasn't. It was yeah, Lyle it was Taylor the goal, which I thought was uh, it was appalling. And the referee really. You either do nothing and just warn both players, or you book the ref, uh, book the keeper for obvious simulation because yeah. you only had to see it to realise that, you know, if uh, if he even felt it, I think he'd have been doing well. It was like Lyle Taylor was proving a point by just tapping him with his foot. Uh, yeah, stupid, and you don't want to you don't want to get caught doing that. But. Yeah, I think the referee had a really tough, <laughs> really tough afternoon yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know the game was never going to be easy. You know from the out from the outset, um, Burton were just below us, just below us, or just yeah, just below just us. Just below the table. Yeah. So you know, really, really cagey game. And then obviously, when they lose a man, the game plan is just survive. Yeah. You know, so obviously you come into every game wanting to win, but you lose a man, and then the minimum, well, the maximum you can get really. Obviously, you can win the game, but I don't think they were expecting to win the game at that point. Um, they just wanted to survive, so it becomes increasingly difficult for Cambridge to then break them down. Um, and then, you know, you see the dark art, the dark art moments, and then the the referee, I think he almost believes it's too far gone in terms of why would I book Max Crocombe at 86 but, but why but but why but Lyle Taylor yeah, you know that's the thing is that's, really where, that's where he made he made mistakes yeah. so just it's funny just just come up on the screen in front of us um, did that man look 62 to you that ran onto the pitch after the referee because apparently that's right he is 62 <laughs> Move quite back. athletic for a 62 year old and uh, uh, TV did do some favours because he looked a lot younger on there but he's been charged after running onto the pitch and chasing the referee so uh, uh, goodbye for, from him for from football for forever now for him but uh, yeah you can't it, frustrated as we were yesterday and, and also with previous a couple of games recently we've had what we would regard as poor referees you can't you can't run on the pitch you can't chase the referee down uh, just shout at him like everyone else does it's uh, it, 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 you know that, that's fair game but uh, no I can't I can't condone running onto the pitch after them but uh, no matter how you feel um, so yeah I think the, the difficulty is is that Difficult, difficult as it was, we still show. If you if you come away from this game, we sh still show a lack of creativity sometimes on the pitch, and that's 
that's something that you know we we're going to struggle if we you know we I think we I think we you know we're safe I think from relegation I don't think that's going to happen and actually Neil Harris made a really interesting point uh, I think it was before the pre- press call on the last game where he said you know would you would you see Charlton in relegation in a relegation battle and people go no 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 of course not and then you look at it and you say well so why are we in a relegation battle we've got a point more than them we've got games in hand over them it's only because Charlton are a big club mm. that oh they'll get they'll get by and apparently we won't and I think we will I think you know I think we're we're, we're safe barring a major issue um, which of course with injuries I thought when Lyle Taylor went down after about three minutes in that game yesterday I just oh yeah, it was, it was that horrible feeling that you might have just seen the last of him for the season yeah. but but it didn't happen um, I, I think we're safe but you, you can never you know you can never be sure obviously until you get to that magic 48 50 point mark which we're not a million miles away and I say we've got two games in hand over most yeah. of the teams around us um, so uh, you know, a point not great, but uh, at least we're in that position now where we can look up rather than look down. I think. No, definitely. And um, just looking at the table, like you said, um, yeah, if if we win those two games and every the other results go well for Cambridge, you could be looking at twelfth, and yeah. then obviously that gives a little bit of a cushion. Um, so yeah, I think it's a case of taking each game as it it comes. Um, but yeah, I think you've both summed it up pretty pretty well really it was just a frustrating game I mean like when you think about creativity you might look at Kai Kai and Kunchuga and think obviously the creativity would come from there um, but obviously it didn't come and when you have 71% possession <laughs> and 35 minutes of that is against 10 men you do wonder um, and then obviously looking at some more stats 20 shots 4 yeah. of those on target so obviously that needs to improve um, and not many corners in the game. So obviously the ball was in and out of play. Um, not many chances to get some set pieces and get some headers in. Um, and the one that sticks out for me as well is a lot of fouls. <laughs> there was 14 for Cambridge and yeah. 15 for Burton. So that's a very bitter game. Yeah, so, I think yeah. it was definitely there was more than that. Yeah, I was going to say, according to the stats, <laughs> the interesting yeah. thing is that those 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 that were those thirty that were called, there were you know there probably half of those weren't actually fouls yeah. necessarily, and and, they, and he missed a lot. But uh, as I say, that's the yeah, referee's but credit to Burton. To be fair, I think oh, yeah, they executed yeah. the game plan really well. I think the stats the stats do tell a tale. I think of the game, mm. um, but at the same time, like you know, twenty shots, four on target. I don't yeah. know if you count if you shoot and it's on target. But they block it. Does that still count as an attempt? Yeah, because there, there, there was there was one way. Uh, I think it was I think it was Burton's first attempt on goal, which was basically poked up, and uh, Stevens caught it in the middle of the penalty area. But yeah. it was on, and I thought that's going to go down as an on-target shot. That, yeah. but there was even that's if even if Stevens had missed it, it probably wouldn't have had the strength to go into the net. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. but yeah, yeah. But there was a lot of really good blocks. Yeah, a lot of yeah. good last-ditch defending. Like there was a lot of pressure from Cambridge. Um, you know, looking at the stats now, I haven't I haven't seen them before before now. Mm. Um, you would have thought we had more, you know, more attempts, and there was more what they call it now XG. Well, yeah. 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 So, so that's it's a good it's a good lead into the po- to the post match. Let's listen to what Neil Harris had to say because he opens almost with this. You know, we we dominated. So let's listen to what he had to say following the game. Well, Neil, three unbeaten now, but an incredibly frustrating afternoon for everyone, really. Yeah, interesting, Doug. Three unbeaten, five points, three games. But look, we're the miles better team today, weren't we? You know, I, I know we all know that. You know, we was the miles better team 11 v 11. We was the miles better team 11 v 10. 
I think we've had 16 or 18 shots on goal, 70% possession, stood up to the physical nature of Burton's play. So loads and loads of positives, but we didn't do the important thing, let's put the ball in the net. And it just said to the boys, look, everything I asked for in the play was there, other than just that, that my only bemoan was just that final decision-making was just a little bit off at times, a little bit of lack of quality at times. And if I'm praising the players when they do well, I'm entitled to say to them, come on, we need a little bit more than that, a little bit more than that in, in the final third. But how many times as a Cambridge United team do we, do we find ourselves playing up against a low block and having to break it down? Wouldn't have happened too many times in the last couple of years. Um, so it's a learning curve for a lot of the young players. Yeah, obviously, there's so little space, especially in the final third. It was a, a relatively uneventful first half, but I thought some good service in from the wide area, especially from Danny Andrew this afternoon. Yeah, I thought, I thought first half we was excellent. First half hour, I thought was excellent. thought we moved the ball really well. I thought we created overloads. Everything we worked on the training pitch came into fruition, apart from that final moment. And I think there's a couple of moments where we didn't have the final end product, but it was actually better opportunity than it may have looked at the time. With Danny putting two balls in the box and we maybe just missed contact a couple of times Elias and Lyle, but the amount of times we got to the final third line and, and just didn't penetrate enough was disappointing. But ultimately, it's a clean sheet and it's a point gained, and um, I have to look at the positives. Yeah, I was going to say, lots of opportunities created in that second half, but I guess you have to give credit to Burton to an extent. I mean, they put so many men behind the ball, but did you just want a little bit more from your players in those kind of situations? Yeah, I think on the decision-making, yes, it's fair. I thought, yeah, credit to Burton. I thought they defended their box really well with 10 players, as we did here against Blackpool. So, um, you know, credit to them. I'm sure they'd be delighted with a clean sheet and a point. But uh, so that's the only only criticism I can put on my players is, is a couple of times we got into really good areas and did we just make the right decision, i.e. sort of crossing balls with left foot when you're a right-footed player, when there's a lot more time and space on the pitch. Did we just, that, that final execution, that, that final effort on goal, did we have the focus and the quality? Probably not today. Red card, I, I think we all saw, and it was an obvious red card. Um, did, did it make the challenge a little bit more difficult, even more so after that red card? Uh, sometimes it's tougher playing against against ten. It, it shouldn't be, but it can be. I've played in lots of games where it's been like that and managed lots of games like that. What well, we'll say on that, I thought the referee got the decision right. It was a second yellow card. I thought the referee was atrocious. I thought he, he caused a lot of the problems. My yellow card. I thought the goalkeeper um, was a, was a problem in the second half. Um, so yeah, that, that, it was disappointing. But that that didn't stop us winning the game. You know, not not winning the game was down to our decision making. We did, we did enough today to get to the final third for just those final moments we, we, we just need to make sure we're a lot better in the future yeah, obviously some, some some tactics going on dark arts you can call from the from visitors today have you had a chance to have a word with the referee do you do you like to get that opportunity I said to the referee afterwards in, in the nicest possible terms I thought he caused a lot of the problems today I thought he caused Michael's yellow card as well first half I just don't think he had a very good game and that happens I thought well, a couple of my players didn't have a very good game today um, so it, it happens but look, I'm not looking at the referee why we didn't win the game or sort of the goalkeeper antics for, for us it was we were excellent in large parts of our play just the final moment was missing I guess if you if you can't win the game, make sure you keep the door shut at the other end. It's another clean sheet, 11th in the league this season. Yes, yeah, and credit to goalkeeper and the players. I think Jack's touched the ball about six times with his hands and, and centre rivals haven't had a lot to do. Um, but it is another clean sheet and you know that, that's a huge positive for us. And we didn't really look in any danger in the first half. So, you know, that's that's hugely uh, positive. But we want to be that team that can do both sides of the game. We could be as resilient and disciplined as we were and determined as we were, but you know, we have to have that killer moment as well, and that, that's what was missing. Yeah, point on the board today, and the table, I mean, it looks so congested in, in those central areas. You've still got that five-point gap to, to the bottom four. Are you comfortable with that? 
yeah, I'd always like more points. <laughs> of course I would. Uh, we've got games in hand on every every team around us as well. Um, so, you know, we're still in a lot healthier position than we, we found ourselves in sort of six, eight games ago. But these are opportunities today. These are opportunities for us to grow as a team, you know, to put more daylight between us and teams around us. But it's going to be like that. I said that in my first interview, that it's going to be ups and downs um, during the tenure. If the down's going to be not breaking the team down at home, who get a nil-nil draw, it's not the end of the world for us. But what we have to do is make sure that we follow up this point today with a good performance next week at Shrewsbury and what we lacked at Exeter was probably the build-up play to the final third today we had that we just lacked that little moment of quality in the final third when we go to Shrewsbury we have to have the same resilience and clean sheet mentality but we have to have that build-up play and the end product because I want the lot just a final one you, you're a optimistic that you might be able to get a body or two in, uh, in, in the building for today's game clearly that hasn't quite happened but you still you still hope for on that front it has to be you know, look, look at today. Look at look at you know made two two changes today, but had three other opportunities and didn't you know didn't feel I had the right personnel to put on the pitch. You know, the group needs help. Um, we tried hard. I was confident on Thursday afternoon that we'd have at least one, if not two, players in the building uh, for Friday. It didn't materialise that uh, anybody could come in to help us by midday. But confident, it's not confidence. We have to. We have to add to the group. We have to have. I have to have more options. So two, two things we've got left to talk about. I was just I was just about to wrap this up, and I forgot. Of course, the Steve said and red card. Uh, I, the referee, I th- the referee was the referee was partly to blame for this. Uh, Steve Seddon was totally to blame for it because he was just it was just an idiot move uh, with two players that were having a bit of a bit of banter almost. It looked like it wasn't even it wasn't even winding each other up necessarily, but. Uh, uh, you were saying Lancaster and uh, Seddon's both both good friends when Steve was here last last year, um, and it, 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 banter is I think probably all it was in the end, wasn't it? The first yellow card. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think obviously Lancaster's come on, and Steve was at the club last season, uh, so obviously he's got you know some relationships on the pitch, um, and obviously Lancaster's come on, winding him up a bit, you know bit of argy-bargy if you like but just jokingly but at the same time trying to see if anyone can get anyone else in trouble <laughs> um, and that was just after Steve's kicked the ball away into the stand I don't even know why he's done that but yeah then the referee has been prompted to react with a yellow card um, probably a decision he actually did get right <laughs> on the afternoon but at the same time like if he hadn't have done it like nobody would have really batted an eyelid yeah. so he did that but what came next was probably most shocking in, in the sense that You've got the context of Steve giving, kicking the ball away. He's just received the yellow card. Lancaster receives the ball facing his own goal, I think, near the halfway line, and mm. Steve just goes straight through the back of him. Yep. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're the man, if you're the Burton manager, you got to be really annoyed. Oh. A seasoned professional yeah, no, doing no, that has got to... Yeah. Even, like, the teammates, like, I think a lot of Burton players would have done a lot more running than they needed to if he'd stayed on the pitch yeah. yesterday, you know, and there was there was no need, there was no threat. It was just a completely <laughs> reckless challenge and just a senseless thing to do, I think. Yeah, and I think whatever, I mean, it's it, it, it was a definite red card. You couldn't do anything else. Whether whether it needed to have got that because it should have perhaps just been the the yellow and and you that was your first one, the referee kind of will, will think about that one, I guess. But uh, that's the way it is. Yeah. Interesting just at the end, so um, Neil talked about uh, there's a couple of players were supposed to potentially have been in before the start of this week, uh, start of the game. Uh, couldn't happen before Friday. There's a lunchtime deadline for that, so obviously not did those didn't do. Hopefully those same people will be possible uh, coming in. But he's talking about. Uh, 
two players coming in. Um, do you, I think? It, I mean, in the end, we 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 look. We need to strengthen George Thomas. I think is ba- is badly missed in this side. So I think uh, if we can strengthen that midfield, it can only be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I don't even want to guess what their plans are. I've got no inclination or no idea what they're planning to do. Um, obviously, I mentioned yesterday that the January transfer window is a tough one. Yeah. A lot of a lot of um, things are arranged from like October time and then you get to January and the situation has changed um, and players can be quite coy in terms of they want to go as high as possible and they want to wait it out and see what comes, what becomes available. So I expect to see a lot of business probably, you know, in this last week at Cambridge, I don't know because obviously I'm not speaking for Cambridge, but just in general, <laughs> just in yes, general, yes, you are. Just in, general uh, in the whole, in the whole, in the whole window, you know, yeah. a lot of last-minute business being done. Yeah. Uh, so very, very, very quickly, um, Shrewsbury next week. Obviously, uh, the position they're in just uh, just above us, one point ahead, two games uh, more than ours. Uh, worst goal difference, but want that one point extra. Um, it's a, it's a big six-pointer to get us out even further out of that danger zone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think like yesterday was an example of that as well. Uh, the teams in and around you, they don't make it easy for you to get one over them, um, and that will be the case this week. Um, yeah, this week as well. Cool. Okay. We'll. Oh, sorry, Gun. You were going to. No, say- I was just going <laughs> to say. Yeah. Um, just to um, piggyback on that point. Um, obviously, it's about taking advantage of these games in hand. Yeah. They're so so important. So yeah, it is a six pointer. Get that win, and obviously you get above Shrewsbury still with another game in hand so yeah it's really really important to get those wins Excellent let's uh, take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the rest of the football Broadcasting from the city centre On FM, digital and your mobile Cambridge 105 Radio From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio So finally, we managed to get hold of uh, Robbie this morning. Um, bless him; he's uh, he's very good to the uh, to the show, but uh, has been a little bit difficult to contact recently. Uh, so, City, it's it's been a difficult time for them over the last few months, but they kind of finally look. They've strengthened a little bit. They're looking like they've got. Um, you know, a, a bit more going for them. Uh, it, obviously, you know, Scott Bridges leaving left them a little bit light in the middle. They're still potentially looking to uh, remedy that one, as you'll hear in a second. Um, but uh, they actually dropped a place in the league, as I said at the start of the show uh, this morning. They came from 16th to 17th because Coventry Sphinx actually managed to get a win. Uh, but importantly, they moved an extra point away from the relegation zone. So they're now six, uh, six points away from the relegation zone. Uh, all their rugby have got. Uh, games in hand. Oh no, they haven't. I thought they got a game in hand there, but they haven't. Uh, and in fact, uh, City play rugby uh, next week, so that's again a really important game for them. As I say, I managed to speak to uh, Robbie um, just before uh, just before this show came on. So this is what he had to say uh, for when I spoke to him. So, Robbie, let's just take you back, first of all, because we didn't chat after the uh, Coles Hill game. A, a really good result for you in the end, although uh, a, another bit of a scare at the end uh, that it was going to turn into a kind of Loughborough Dynamo game. Yeah, at, at sort of 65, 70 minutes in, I was I was thinking exactly the same. You know, it can't happen again. But the, the game itself was one of complete dominance other than a probably a 12, 15-minute spell. Sort of similar to the Loughborough game, to be honest. You know, we had 
we had four or five one-on-ones. You know, we watched the VO back and we've had 16 really good chances in the game. And their keepers, you know, we found a goalkeeper that, you know, everything we had hit at him, he saved, you know, and we got to 3-1. And like I say, we, we looked in complete control and it just, yeah, we switched off, conceded two very, very sloppy goals from our side and and then to be honest we sort of kicked into gear a little bit and we finished strong and we've nicked it with a with a minute or two to spare but again we had sort of two or three really good chances in that last sort of five ten minute spell towards the end of the game and I think on the balance of the game I think thoroughly deserved to win that game and you know performance for large parts was very good so it was an important victory for us been on the wrong end of, of a couple of sort of late goals that we've conceded and and that's ended up sort of costing us the points, but it wasn't to be against Colesill, and it was it was a great relief for everybody that we managed to turn the tables on the on the previous one against Lusborough and, and got the three points. Yeah, absolutely. And then it, it, that was a start, obviously, of a three-game period playing teams around you. So Walsall Wood uh, yesterday away, a, a one-all draw, a, a good game. Yeah, they're a very good team. You know, they've got, I think they've got three games in hand and, you know, they can sort of climb up to just, I think, just outside the playoffs. So they're, they're a very good team. It was nice to actually have a game of football on a, on grass for once. I think that's the first game on grass for, for a long time for us. So it was really, really good to get back on, on grass. And to be honest, we, we should have been 1-0 up within 30 seconds. Great bit of play. Will Jones, middle of the goal, three yards out, just heads it skims the bar and over and you know it sort of it sort of signaled our intent from what we wanted to do and we played very well first half we we deservedly went one nil ahead had three four very very good chances to extend that lead and and then you know we we switched off from a set play from them and it was a sloppy goal you know it's sort of one of those bobbly goals that just trickles in at the far post it's you know the pitch was very bobbly and you know, Mikey Davis on the back stick, it's it's just bounced between his legs and they've got the equaliser. And you know, second half it was it was one of those of we've hit the post, their keepers pulled off two or three very good saves and, and again, you know, Will's Will's had an unbelievable chance with a header that he should do better with. He knows that and you know, he sort of apologised after. He's just headed it over again from from a good bit of play from Ben Garwood down the right hand side. So the good thing for us is that we're creating many a chance now and we look at a very big threat going forward. Need to cut out the silly mistakes, but like I say, it's four points in two games against teams that are in and around us. And hopefully we can we can build on on the performance of yesterday because it was a very good performance against a team that, you know, they're a good team. They play the play the game well, they they get the ball forward. They they've got some very good talented individuals. So we came away from that disappointed that we didn't get all three. Joe's not really had too much to do in the 90 minutes. Some really big positives for us as we move forward. And uh, you actually, unfortunately, dropped a place in the league with Coventry Sphinx beating Coles Hill. But the important thing is you move a point further away from the relegation zone with a game against rugby next week. Yeah, we do. And we've got a few coming up. We've got Rushton in a not-too-distant future as well and Coventry Sphinx. So we've got a few of those to play. Yeah, look, we we've, the players that we've added to the group definitely given us a, a boost and a and a new energy and pace in the forward line. You know, we were missing Manny Dye yesterday, but we welcomed Richard. Brad, uh, Brad Rolt was back on the bench. So Richard Black was back on the bench. So we, we, we welcome those two back into the group, having missed the last last few games through injury. So, you know, we're hopefully, as we move forward, are going to be getting stronger and stronger. And hopefully that can be good for us and our performances.
And you brought in uh, a few new players over recent weeks. Is that the end of it now or are you still looking to strengthen further? I think we're probably one midfielder short, if I'm honest. Uh, central midfielder since Liam Chadwick's gone back to Cambridge with you know hip trouble and he's been out for a few weeks. So we're sort of a little bit light and with Scott Bridges leaving, you know, we're we are quite light on that front. So yeah, probably a central central midfield area is where we're looking. But you know, if we don't, we're quite happy with what we've got in already. We look a very big threat going forward. But like I say, you, you never know. And if we can get one more in, then we will. But if not, we we are happy with what we've got. You know, I think we brought five in over the last few weeks. Casper, the keeper. Ben Garwood, Will Jones, Dylan Edge, you know, Manny. So we have freshened it up. Like I say, there's a there's a group of players now that are uh, all of the same age, sort of 21, 22, 23. And, and it, it's good. It's a good environment that we've created. So, you know, more of the same sort of needed as we move forward. So uh, I think... You know, it's good to talk to Robbie after a while, uh, after after such a long time. But it, it does begin to look like, and of course, you know, what's the saying? Two swallows don't don't make a summer, or whatever the saying is. I think, you know, couple of good results, um, and it's certainly uh, it's certainly looking better for them. Uh, next week's test against rugby, I think, is obviously going to be a, a massive test for them because, you know, they need to, they need to get that points. So they need to show that they can perform when they need to. Perform because they're then up against Anstey Nomads, who are much higher in the league, about fourth or fifth in the league, I think. Oh, no, they're not. They're, further, they're third in the league, in fact. Um, so, you know, you've got two very different games, bottom of the table, then a top of the table clash, both of which are important for them. But uh, certainly rugby next week is going to be one of those things. They're still looking to potentially strengthen. I say Scott Bridge is obviously big loss in the middle for them. Um, uh, so... Uh, in the same way that George Thomas, I think, is a loss for United. So uh, we'll see what happens. He's he's not desperate. Um, he'll he'll make do, as he said, with what he's got. But uh, would be good to strengthen, um, and it will be good to see uh, City kind of a, a bit back on the up. Um, at one stage, it looked like this was going to be a relegation season for them. I think they're still a fair way from safety, but uh, a win against rugby would certainly be a better thing. Um, Let's go and talk about uh, Histon. Um, Histon, as I say, it was a bit unfortunate. Uh, Chris Nunn arrived at uh, Histon, I think, uh, just uh, late in the afternoon on the day before uh, the Daventry game um, back in, uh, when was it? Uh, October, 14th of October. Um, and it was a 5-0 loss and you kind of looked at it and thought, well, we're not, you can't take any responsibility for that because um, you've, you've literally only just arrived. And then went on this uh, four-game unbeaten run, a draw, three wins before a couple of losses came in. And as really, I think it's, his record is played 15, won five, drawn five and lost five. Uh, so not a bad record and, uh, and a good position to be in but they faced Daventry again yesterday uh, and lo and behold another 5-0 loss so two games he's played against them 10, ten goals they've shipped uh, and no points but uh, spoke to him uh, yesterday evening um, uh, and this is what he had to say about that game Chris, it's uh, the second time you've played against uh, Daventry. The first game was obviously only hours after you arrived at the club. But today, uh, a 5-0 loss, was it as bad as it sounds on paper? No, I, I mean, it, there were a couple of things to, today. Firstly, at 0-0 um, at half-time, 
Uh, we're completely in the game. I didn't think we were at our best, but we were nil-nil and I felt we were in the game. We conceded really early in the second half and we lost our way probably for sort of 10, 15 minutes and, and we found ourselves 3-0 down. Uh, but they've got that in the locker. You know, the players they've got, you know, Connor Furlong, Nabil Schiff, you know, they're, they're sort of step three footballers. So we we knew that um, we had to be to, to be on our game if we were to get anything from the game. And then we, we sort of, we had some chances, you know, but we, we couldn't make it 3-1 to make it interesting. And, you know, myself, you know, not sort of making excuses for me, but in terms of I'll make excuses for the boys. You know, I've, I've been ill for the last two or three weeks and, you know, I sort of went today, but but I wasn't myself today. And um, I felt I didn't perform as a manager today, which I should have done. And I, I knew that sort of probably just towards the end of the first half. So maybe I should have stepped away then as, as I didn't feel right and let the other management team take it, but I didn't. And I just missed some things today that, that I would normally see. So I accept responsibility for that. But at the same time, I had too many players today that were probably fours and fives. You know, as, as the game went on, we chased the game and we didn't manage it very well. And I was pleased to hear the final whistle. I can't lie. I guess if you, I mean, if you if you look at the overall record, you've played fifteen, you've won, drawn, and lost five of each, um, yeah. and you've had some really good results in there. And obviously, Histon fans will look at uh, where they were when you arrived and and where they are now, and will certainly have no real complaints in terms of uh, you know what's been done at the club and how far we've you've progressed in a relatively short space of time. Yeah, I mean, the thing is as well, we haven't gone out and signed loads of players. You know, we've tried to do it. There's a lot that have left, but, we've, you know, we haven't made loads of signings. I still think there's uh, more players who were at the club when I came in than what there are new lads. Um, I, I just feel, and I said it to the lads when I came in, and, and I've, I've mentioned it three or four times, I think, you know, the one thing I would say is that they shouldn't have been in the position they win when I came to the club. Mm -hmm. And that's down to them more than anybody else. And I've said that to them. I feel that, you know, there's sort of the standards that need to be met if we're going to progress. I feel the last sort of week or so, they have dipped off a little bit. And I did tell them that today. But I told them that, I told them that before the game because I felt, you know, we, we had not reached the standards we had. Um, and and that's that includes everything, you know, in terms of, you know, how we train, our timekeeping, everything's got to be bang on. And if we want to try and make the playoffs next year, these are all the creases that we need to iron out this season. So, you know, it's really important that we make sure we do the basics right. And if we do the basics right, then you can start to work on the the fluffy bits, as it were. So um, I, I'm really pleased. If you'd have said to me when I took over, we'd be where we are, I'd, I'd be delighted, you know, because we have made massive strides, but nobody likes losing you know, nobody likes losing 5-0. So, you know, today, th th there was the second half against Bugbrook where I thought we were poor, and second half today, I thought we were poor. The Bugbrook game, I felt it was more down to the players. Today, I felt it was more down to me in terms of how I performed today. So, you know, at 51, you can't keep learning, but I, I still <laughs> say, you know, you know, <laughs> as you get older, you still learn something every day when it comes to football. So today, maybe... I need to give myself a slap on the wrist and I probably shouldn't have gone to the game with hindsight, but I did. And, um, you know, the boys um, second half probably need a bit more from me and, and I was unable to do it, but you know, we go again, we go again. Yeah. And looking at the fixture list, there's a there's a, a good run of games now coming up over the next three weeks. You've got Lutterworth, Coventry and, uh, and Ainsbury Rovers, um, who are five points above you and six points below you, respectively. So some teams that are close by that you'll want to make a good impression against, two of them away, one of them at home. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the one thing that we did we did learn, uh, which I'm, I can't possibly tell anybody what it is, but we learned a weakness that we had today. And I've I've looked back at previous results and previous teams have played and how they've played. And there were some things I saw today that I recognised a fault in us. So I need to address that. That that happened today and it was clear for me to see. And I did think about it before. So yeah, yeah, we need to work on that. So, so we've got to do our homework on, on you know, the way that these teams play. And um, yeah, when you play teams around you, you always feel that you're going to be of an equal sort of stance. I, I feel we should be higher in the league than where, where we are at the moment, if I'm being honest. But at the same time, it's not a golf handicap, is it? You know, if you should be high, you don't go in two goals up as you start the game. So where you should be um, yeah. and how you feel you are, you know, you've got to earn the right. So we know every team we play in this league, we've got to earn the right. And, and that starts with Lutterworth next week. I know they lost today to Wellingborough, but, you know, that's no great shakes. They'll be looking at our result thinking we've conceded five, you know. So um, it'll be a, a different game and something that we'll be ready for and... Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, you know, for us next week because you, you're going away. I always think away games, you know, you always feel before an away game, you always think you take a point, but you try and win. And But we've got to come up, come away from next week. We need three points. So we'll, we'll be going for the win. Uh, I don't want to press you too much on this uh, this fault you found in the team, but do you think it's something that you can solve? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it may mean, it may mean um, a personnel change. Uh, we may need to bring someone in, but I've got to... I, to what we've identified in terms of what we're missing and what we need. So, so we'll do that. And what, what didn't help today, just going back to today, you know, we had, you know, to give the boys a little bit of um, credit. We, we did get two lads that came off injured in the first sort of, we had one lad that got elbowed in the in the face. He's got blood coming from his face. Um, so, and then we had another lad come off injured in the second half. So we had three forced substitutions quite quick in, in the game, really. So, you know, that went against us. But, yeah, we, we, we realised that there is there is a, a, a flaw in us at the moment. And um, that, that shone through today. And, and, yeah, we know what it is and we'll be addressing it for sure. Okay, I was just I was just going to ask how you'd come through in terms of injury, but I'm guessing it's not the best news. No, it, it wasn't today. Um, yeah, like I said, three injuries, um, two uh, really early in the game, forced substitutions. Both of them, you know, that was Danny Setchell and um, Danny Zuko. Um, quite pleased I didn't have another Danny playing, otherwise we could have been real trouble, <laughs> couldn't we? So, um, and then we lost. Uh, um, Colin Barnes picked up a, a knock as well. Um, it was a nasty incident during the first half, and I, I probably left him on too long if I'm being honest he got studded right down his shin so um yeah which is disappointing but you know we, we, we had five on the bench today so we, we've got we've, i feel like we've got lads who can come in to to do a job but it, it was a tough day today and them injuries certainly didn't help oh sorry we were so so busy showing my age in the studio because i didn't realize danny zuko played for uh, uh for histon and uh, i go oh that's really amazing danny zuko plays and the, the two of them are looking at me like yeah so what and i'm going <laughs> you know greece john travolta and they're like going no nah, sorry don't know that one <laughs> Oh, he's having to Google Greece. Oh, that's how, how, how oh, different. John Travolta. John Travolta, that's the one. Danny Zuko. Yeah, I didn't realise that was a thing, but there you go. So well, okay. I've, I've now I've now given uh, really really shown my age. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, it, it, a, a blip, I think, in the in the overall scheme of things for Chris. But we'll want to get back onto uh, winning ways as soon as possible. Uh, take a quick break, and then we'll talk uh, women's football. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. 
So uh, both teams, at least uh, unless the Twitter feed says any different, both teams in action today. We'll just check that out. Although, to be fair, if you're not on your way by now, since both of them, one's away at QPR and one's away at Maidenhead, you've missed the game anyway, I would guess. So you're probably not about to travel. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Cambridge City in league and action against um, QPR. Uh, a difficult game given their position they're in. They really need to start getting points and they start. Uh, they need to start doing it quickly. I spoke to uh, Dean Grey Goose, uh, who, as I said, is, is now the manager there, and we, we missed out on that little announcement. Uh, but uh, this is what he had to say when I spoke to him uh, this morning. Dean, from us, it's a, it's a belated congratulations on uh, getting the uh, managerial job full-time. We weren't aware that that had happened, but spoke to Paul last week, and he said um, that that appointment was uh, now uh, a permanent one. Um, I guess let, let's have a look at uh, where we are at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, not a great position to be in. 13 games into the season, uh, six points in a cluster of people. Uh, yourself, Sudbury and Chesham, challenging for that uh, to get away from that bottom, uh, that, that last promotion spot. And it's not going to be helped this week with a game against uh, QPR um, tend to either win or lose. They don't draw, in fact, they haven't drawn a single game this season, but 24 points so far from the same number of games as yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I think every game, said to the girls a couple of weeks ago, every game's a cup final now. And that's only pressure I've put on them. And, and every game should be like that anyway. I think I came in, there was lots of things that needed sorting out. We've done it bit by bit. Training's been really good. And I think the only frustration for the last couple of months, we, we've not saying chuck points away, but we've come away from games either drawing or losing. And we're going, we should have won. Or we should have got a draw. So we, we, we've kept ourselves in a position I, sh- I don't think we should be in now. You know, you, you look at it, it's really tight. I think we should have at least another four, if not six points. And that get, that would give us a little bit of daylight. We haven't. So we need to make sure that we keep improving. It's a very young team. And we need to make sure tomorrow that we're just a little bit more um, uh, lethal in, in both boxes. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I've been I've seen a couple of games so far this season. I saw the United game, which was a nil or draw in the league, and and the uh, Sudbury one. I think it was the week before that, even um, mm. a one or draw. And both of those, as you say, they were they were kind of you could you could look at it as a you know you, you get a point, but in both of those you had opportunities to get more, and it was kind yeah. of just that last ball through really was often causing you the problem. I think I think the Sudbury game for me was a t- turning point. I think up to then. Uh, I was probably going, cool, there's a lot of hard work here. There's a, a mindset needs to change massively. And I, I think if you remember the Sudbury game, after 10 minutes, we should be 3-4 up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be fair, at that time, I think we lost Rosie at half time and we lost the momentum. And to be fair, Sudbury could have beaten us. Uh, and I think we, yeah, I come away going, and I said to the girls in the game, look, we weren't, you know, this is what we need to do. And we battled. And I think they took that battling uh, attitude into the Cambridge United game. And I think that gives you a platform. And I think since then, you know, them two games, and to be honest, both them games, I think, with draws were fair results uh, overall, I think. Yeah, but since then, I think we have improved. We are improving. It's a very young team. We have added a couple of slightly older players to it. But I think, you know, we're all learning as we go, I think. And in terms of uh, squad for tomorrow, are you, are you looking relatively strong? Yes, we are. I think the last game out, we, we were missing key players uh, and it showed. But even that game, uh, I think, yeah, I don't want to go on too much, but the first ten, first five to ten minutes, we were in their half. They couldn't get out, Chesterman. They hit us on the counter-attack, scored a great goal, and we we seemed to be chasing the game after that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we had too many missing. We gave a couple of girls debuts, which is brilliant. You know, young young girls, and it's really 
Jackie that if the result isn't positive, that these 16, 17-year-olds still come away with a hopefully a positive view of first-team football. But also, hang on, I know, I know now what I need to do to, to get to that level. So, yeah, we, we've got Nina back in goal, which will be a big one for us. Eva, the skipper, was missing last game. And, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've signed a couple. and We'll see how they fit in. And to be, to be fair, it's, it's the first time since I've been here that... Um, so yeah, the strength strengthening is obviously something that they've they've been looking at, but uh, hopefully they can start to get uh, a, a result. Uh, other games today, uh, let's um, plate cup, plate cup quarter final uh, for United. Spoke to Darren. This is what he had to say uh, prior to the game. Darren, nothing last week because it was Cup Week. This week, it's Cup Week action again for yourselves. It's the women's plate competition, the semi-finals. You're playing Maidenhead. Uh, they're in the same level as you. Um, do you know much about them? Uh, we've, we've had some some footage to be able to watch. We, we know a bit about them, or as much as we can, really. You know, it's, it's limited amounts, but we know a bit. <clears throat> They've signed a couple of players over the last month, so we're aware of who those are. So, yeah, we know a little bit. It, it'll be one of those games where the league position, as you say, they may be a little bit lower than us in their relative league and a few points less. But, you know, the bits that we've seen of them, they're not a bad outfit. And yeah, expect quite a tough game obviously we've got to travel to them so they get the advantage of being home and I'm sure they'll be buoyed by the, the men's results uh, against Ipswich so uh, yeah it, it should be an interesting game and I guess all you can do is play your own game and and, and the rest should hopefully take care of itself in in terms of the travel uh, how much it's it's about an hour it's about an hour and a half to two hours away is that does that cause you problems that distance travel no not not too much I mean that's kind of fairly similar to other trips that we've got in our league the only thing you know that I find slightly strange about this competition is a national cup competition there's big teams left in it you know we've got ourselves in it at our end but you know if you go up into the north you've got Derby County Hull Barnsley you know some big clubs involved and, and there's zero prize money at this at this stage for the for the competition which seems a little strange and felt sorry for the likes of London Seawood in the last round they had to travel all the way to Exeter for an away fixture with no prize money so you know they they did a crowdfunder to to raise some money to cover their travel costs which you know, people were generous and, and helped them out. But yeah, it's, it's a little strange. The, the travel time doesn't concern us too much. It's, it's similar to what we get in other games. But yeah, it's, it's a little strange to be in a, a quarterfinal of a national competition and there's no money at stake. There's a strange, strange sort of feel to it because in the FA Cup, in the earlier rounds, they've, they've done a really good job in the women's game. They've increased the prize money, which is very helpful. And I think, you know, when you look at some of the clubs that are maybe a little lower down the pyramid, especially, um, but also for ourselves, you know, if we can get ourselves a, a bit of prize money in there, that, that's really handy. But also, they've been thoughtful about it and it's regionalised. So you tend to find, you know, your draws are going to be a little more local in the earlier rounds of the FA Cup. One, you're not travelling as far, which is useful to clubs because money's difficult for all of us. Uh, and two, you know, if it's a local game, you're more likely to attract a crowd. So the, the FA Cup, the Women's FA Cup has been, been very well set up over the last few years in particular and continues to grow. But, you know, this competition maybe needs a little bit of a rethink because... It has the ability. It is a national competition at the end of the day. We want to do well in it, you know, make no bones about it. But but it'd be nice if there was a little more thought that went into how it was done. I guess in, in terms of doing well in it, how are you for uh, squad strength at the moment? Yeah, OK. Uh, 
we've got Harley Jean uh, Simpson will be back in the squad for the first time since London Seawood away in October time. So, you know, that's a bonus to us. Brooke obviously was injured against Norwich when the game had to be abandoned. Unfortunately, she's she's not back at training at all yet. So it's, it's a bit hit and miss, really. You know, we've got a couple that are back and we've got a couple that are away. So, yeah, it's, it's OK. But I'm certainly looking if we can try and strengthen over the next month or so. That's still the objective. So hopefully we'll have a few more in the weeks to come. But yeah, not it's not uh, a terribly thin squad, but certainly be nice if we had a little bit more there. And it would indeed. Uh, uh, they, I mean, it's Sarah Wilshire obviously out on. It's really weird because it's termed a long-term injury because she's having a baby. So apparently that's a long-term injury, <laughs> which is always a bit weird. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it, uh, they're doing they're doing well enough. It's one of those difficult things in the women's football because you've got one go up, two go down. They're not really going to be fighting for either of those things. So in a week or so, kind of the season's over, even though they've still got probably seven or eight games to play. So it's it's always a bit of a strange ending to the women's football um, but it is what it is until they kind of figure out the number of teams they want to have in there and, and actually give everyone a chance to at least play for a promotion place even if it's a playoff promotion place then it's always going to end uh, you know in that most teams have got nothing to play for from several games uh, several games before the end of the season and that's all we've got time for uh, this week so thanks to uh, everyone in the studio uh, Matt wasn't joining us today on the phone so I won't thank him for that but uh, um, yeah it's uh, Shrewsbury away um, we really need to uh, get some points for that um, hopefully we can um, stay on board uh, Cambridge 105 radio plenty more to uh, listen to throughout the day um, and uh, we'll be back again next week I think I'm here next week I've been away for so many ga- for so many games this season I've missed more games this season than I think I've done in the last five seasons combined but uh, there you go um, so uh, yeah thanks to you for uh, listening we shall be back again next week